selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. Celebrity Book Club. Hey, Club Kids. Um, Lily here. And this is Stephen. We, we, as your parents, want to talk to you about something. Um, this week's episode is a little different, and it's going to be – it's not what you're used to. And we still love you, okay? And we still love each other. Absolutely. And this has nothing to do with you. This is on us. This this is about how and when we recorded it. Um, in, in full transparency, we did record this episode at the end of the summer. There were audio issues. You know, sometimes you push and you push yourself and mm-hmm. you say, yes, I will record an episode in a high bed in a lesbian Fire Island rental. The sound does not necessarily good. have the checks and balances that you need to ensure the best quality in that situation, but you do it anyway for the love of the game. And that's what we did. And I take full responsibility. This is not just on Lily. This is on all of us. So what's happened is you're going to hear this episode. It's going to be a little different, but our amazing engineers have have really solved a lot of the problems. You're you're going to be okay. Okay, you're going to get through it. All right, it's not going to kill you. Big shout out to the prologue team here for making this episode. Everyone from Andrew to Ben, back to Andrew, you guys have been rock stars, little rock stars, and they've spent the past five months turning this episode from shit. I will say it, shit, into gold. This episode is like when like. A cool young indie guy, like, discovers an old blues recording from yes. the 40s. Yes, and then and, it's like, di- remastered digitally it. remastered. So please enjoy <laughs> this episode on Jackie Chan, recorded at the end of summer 2022. Best. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone, and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. 
the Cuervo. Hey, hey best, best friend. friend. Uh, how are you, bitch? Ah, oh, how you doing, old friend, fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Philanthropist, curator, collector. collector wine expert. <laughs> I am all of these things and more. I noticed that you are in a condo in Fort Lauderdale, or is <laughs> I, I'm going live here from my Cherry Grove um, boudoir. Um, it's looking, as you can see, deeply closeted lesbian who lives in a Florida condo. Um, no art on the sh- walls. Yeah, exactly. And I, um, the room has sliding doors. No one else's room has sliding doors. So obviously I've had a lot of trouble with my sliding doors. <laughs> um, like, like a barn door? No, two sliding doors. Oh, like, like a like a glass sliding door, like an yes. Door. Except okay. they're like regular doors, so it's like one is always like jutting and it's off hinges, and it's kind of like you get up. And, and I'm sorry, it's an interior sliding door. Interior. I'll turn the camera here. Yes, this this is the interior sliding door. Oh, of that's my bedroom. Gross. I'm sorry, not to mm. rag on whoever's house you're in. <laughs> no, not to, yeah, <laughs> but I'm sorry. That's really gross. It ill of the um person i rented from um i'll show you this what's really cool about this rental huge cirque du soleil water cups <gasps> yes <laughs> uh, and, uh, and it's like this ass. oh yeah zarkana is one of their most ambitious shows <laughs> have you seen zarkana no as you know i've only seen mystere <laughs> <laughs> and i've never been to a Cirque du Soleil show, and I'm wondering if we can fit one in when we're playing Life is Beautiful Fest from Las Vegas, Nevada. Three stages, seven tenths. Um, yeah, I I would love to sneak in a Cirque du Soleil performance while we're in Las Vegas for the Life is Beautiful Festival, headlined by Kygo and Calvin Harris, and uh, which we will be opening for. <laughs> we're at, opening for Calvin Harris. 2.15 in the comedy tent. If you haven't gotten your tickets, you can head over to lifeisbeautiful.com and get a weekend pass for, I'm sure, like $900. <laughs> this is crazy. I'm itching to talk to you about a book. Same. No, I've, I'm... I'm <laughs> my skin is tingling, okay? I just want to do a, a backflip. You know what I mean? I just want to mm. bounce off the walls. I want to jump from one rooftop to another rooftop. I want to do the same, but I want to do it really safely secured with ropes and buckles and safety implements so that when I do jump from a skyscraper in Shanghai, yeah. I will land safely in a dumpster and with, the, <laughs> with the assistance of my stunt team. Of my 17-man stunt team, whom I love and cherish and take out to dinner with me every single night. <laughs> um, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we you are... You might wonder who we're talking about. We're talking about... Oh, you know, I mean, could he be more famous? Sorry. He, he couldn't. Um, probably, maybe the most famous Chinese person when, in terms of, you know, certainly Movies to the West. and film. He holds two Guinness World Records, one for most... Stunts um, in a movie. Or no, most titles in a movie. In a movie. Like, and also most, most credits. Stunts. Like, like most Mo- credits. Yeah, most credits. Like casting, Writer, director, director, Stunt editor. coordinator, assistant stunt coordinator, gaffer. Anyway, 
you know I'm in love from from Rush Hour two, Rush Hour one, and Rush Hour three. <laughs> three. The Tuxedo oh. <laughs> starring Jennifer Love Hewitt. We are talking about none other than the Jackie Chan. Chan and his book Never Grow Up with Zumo, translated by Jeremy Jeremy Tiang. Tiang. And let's just talk about that for a second. So it took a lot of people to write this book. Yes, um, partly because as we learned, Jackie Chan is illiterate. Yeah, he is illiterate to because he was, he kind of volunteered, but very Paris Hilton style, was sent to, at seven years old, a martial arts slash opera slash acrobatic performing arts kind of dungeon school. <laughs> yeah. I would describe it. I mean, it's very like a classic kung fu movie where you're just like sent to live with a kung fu master who just like beats you I'm... every day and then you do learn how to do everything. Um, but he was sent there because like he was at normal school and he was just being too much of a class clown and literally not learning everything, anything and just like always skipping school to like eat sandwiches and like <laughs> and like beat up local kids but like get in fights and like be so random and they were like you're just too rambunctious and you need to go to just like a serious torture school and learn but also they build it to him i think as like oh this is an amazing school to learn kung fu and like showed it. and he was like oh dope like absolutely i want to go here but you know, I don't think it was totally explained and it was like five year contract or seven. Your parents have to like sign you away for a certain amount of years and they signed him away for 10 years. Yeah, they bounced. And went to Australia, which he is not resentful of. He learned you do make more money in Australia and we'll get into that. But I, yes. okay, when I was reading this part, so I was like, so he goes to this school and I was like, wait, like, what is. Like, what is the profession, the career that you go into if you go to Kung Fu school? Is there a career other than becoming Jackie Chan? And then you read it and you're like, oh, no, that is the career that you the, have to that's do. That's the career. You go, like, everyone in the school went on to, like, make Kung Fu movies. And, and also a genre of opera that I had never heard about. Like, Chinese opera is very, it's very involved with Kung Fu. So it's like they were all, like, you know in their kind of like CIT counselor era, I will say, <laughs> um, after they had learned, like they would all put them on a bus and like go be in these operas, but they yeah. were very like acrobatic, like fight scene operas. And and the operas and also all these movies, like they always have like a thousand extras in them. So it's like, there are a lot of roles and it can kind of be this whole cottage industry that like has, is supporting its own people. Right. Kind of like with Harkin back to the first book we did, Andre Agassi, it's like this tennis school where, you know, maybe the kids, you know, you're all just, you know, it's a training ground. But instead of like, you know, maybe say like the high school I went to that trains you to like do a rhizograph. What the <laughs> fuck is a rhizograph? It's like a certain type of like screen printing. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, sets you up for like an art school or whatever. This is really, you know, shuttling you in. To well, Kung it Fu. seems like you, ha you never, but you never mastered the art because here we are getting merch made and you're having to call some other screen printer. But I'm also knowing what a risograph is when I call the screen printer. Okay, so you're not getting hoodwinked and swindled yes. and bamboozled <laughs> by these New Jersey printmakers. And like, okay, but it's also, I do feel like. <laughs> Not that I was signed away for 10 years to my, to my high school, but it's like, I, I can, my grammar is worse than yours, yet I can do pinhole photography. Kind right. Of just say, Jackie Chan can't read, but. But he's really good at Kung Fu. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you should go on to make us like tw- 30 films using pinhole <laughs> photography to become a global <laughs> sensation. Uh, okay, so he's growing up. He grows up in Hong Kong. Um, his parents work at the French consulate. So he does kind of have this, like, chic, like, very specific upbringing because his, like, mom is a maid at the French consulate and his dad is a chef. And so he's, like, living in the expensive part of town where all the embassies are. It's very, like, kid of the president's chef in this way. So it's it's like he's hanging out with the rich kids, which, you know, makes you kind of dysphoric, I would say. Oh, absolutely. A class dysphoria. Uh, um, Which is huge. So Jackie Chan experienced a lot of class dysphoria. And then his dad goes to move to Australia to like take a job like being a chef at that embassy. And I'm just like, that to me, that's such a downgrade. Like French consulate in Hong Kong versus the American embassy in Canberra. It's just like Canberra is so provincial. It is so boring. There's nothing there. Hong Kong is like this huge cosmopolitan like destination and like has so much culture. It's like, ooh. Yes, except for we learned, though, the pay was so much better in in Cranberra, so he could, like, support <laughs> his, mo- like, his mother soon. I also want to say, going into this book, it is in chronological order a little bit, but it's also done by subject. So we learn about his childhood in the beginning and kind of the torture Kung Fu school, but then at the and he kind of goes back to tell you the story of his parents and that like they both had these oh, like, lost children yeah that, that was they this had to leave that was the that... secret revelation at the end he was like dad why are you sending all this money to like this random woman on the mainland he's like oops i have kids and like your mom also has kids and also he's like so actually how my parents met is my mom was an opium dealer who was known <laughs> as the third sister Wait, that was so insane <laughs> And she was, like, dealing at the docks in Shanghai. And they were both just, like, war refugees. And he was, uh, but I think he was, like, on the beat. He was, like, a cop or something like that. He was a cop. He was, like, a, (laughs) he was, like, a harbor guard. Yeah, it was a little, uh, a cop who does shellfish. A cop who does shellfish. But I think it was because he had fought in, and, like, you know, sorry, I'm not a student of 20th century Chinese history, but, like, after, like, the Japanese invaded, and then, like, the Communist Party, like, came to power, and I think that he was, like, part of the military pre, like, Mao, and so, therefore, because, mm. you know, Mao is very anti, like, people who were, like, powerful before. Narcissist. Absolute narcissist. <laughs> Ma- sorry, Mao, Mao was, was a, narcissist. a narcissist. I'll say, I'm not afraid. And so if I'm understanding it correctly, then just like he kind of like had to kind of flee a little bit and was either in Taiwan or Shanghai and was just kind of like, ooh, I have to just be this kind of like security guard as like this ex-military guy. And then he found the third sister, the opium dealer, and then was just like, wait, like you're sketchy, but hot. And like, she sounds so hot. Yeah. Um, the third sister. So. And that needs to be a movie separately. Yes. Um. What's so cool about, like, I feel like when I opened it, I was like, oh, is this just going to go through, like, trained here, did this movie, did this movie, did this movie? And it really, I I guess this book really surprised me. I mean, it's very, it's called Never Grow Up. And it is very childlike. You know, he has a very innocent, like, excitable way about him. And the book, it's very quick. It moves very quickly through things. You know, he's like... 
And then, like, uh, you know, I I jumped off this 70-foot clock tower. I couldn't believe I did it. And I broke my skull. And it had to get, like, fractured in 17 places. And I got miraculously got this surgery from a swiss doctor but and he's like and yes there is a hole in my skull if but like um so i was told actually by like this different kung fu master to never cut my hair and that's actually to protect you from head injuries there is something very like childlike about the book I would say like a very it's almost it's very excited it's like yeah. i wouldn't say well, I, I wonder if also you're picking up on like the way that the translations, because it's a little well, written in a little matter of fact. Way, yeah, like, well, this and this happened, is what's this interesting because it's like it's not only obviously the ghostwriter was heavily ghostwritten because he doesn't really read or write, even though he like speaks all these languages now and like he is fluent in English and Cantonese and Mandarin, but I think he like never really mastered reading and writing is what no it- and the the uh, like i almost i definitely like teared up in some parts like where he's like there's so many times where it's like when he moves to america and he had become like this big kung fu star but like you know was starting again in the west you know and you got to start from the bottom and he like the only words he can read in english are like coke hamburger and oh, pizza. Right. And <laughs> that's all he orders and like his cholesterol like shoots up so hard and they're like what's going on there it was very <laughs> seinfeld when they tell elaine she has like the cholesterol of a 65 year old woman because she <laughs> yeah. switches the pee with jerry's mom and they were just like you have the cholesterol of a 40 year old man but you're 22 and he was just like, I'm only eating hamburgers every day. Three days, <laughs> and three then meals a day. they told him that and he was like, never again. Um, but OK, back just quickly back to the Kung Fu yes, profession for one second, the school. It does feel a little bit like a Ponzi scheme in the same way that academia is a Ponzi scheme where it's like oh, the yeah. only thing that you can do then is like either be a, like a famous Kung Fu actor or like teach Kung, teach Kung, Fu. Kung Fu and become like. A fighter. And then he also, so he has this friend in school, Samo, who does end up like being one of like his fellow is on his team or like yeah. he makes also a bunch of movies too. Yeah. And he gets kicked out of school. He gets an injury one day and his parents bring him thick noodles in a gravy every day and he never loses the weight from the sodium. So he like can't train anymore. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just like, okay, career over. But then Samo actually does become quite successful. He's got, well, he, and he directs all the movies that are in them. So, yeah, th- for a while, like, after he, like, started to become successful, he's making, like, mostly Hong Kong m- movies. And he's doing a lot with his best friends from the torture school. Um, Yuen Bao, who's, like, smaller and kind of more, like, bouncy. And then Samo Hung, who's just, like, the big fat guy who's, like, whose parents fed him too many noodles. And then, and then Jackie Chan is, like, you know, this very funny, like, more, you know, the the class clown, like, the comic, the comedic one, but he was also very, like, powerful and good at martial arts. Well, and that's why Jackie Chan, I feel like, is so amazing and broke so many boundaries because when he was starting out, like, he was hired by like the studio that did all the Bruce Lee movies. And, you know, Bruce Lee is like a hottie and like is such a like mysterious butch in this way. Yeah. Um, and, and yet I would also say very feminine in this way because he's, that's what I'm saying. He's very like much more lesbian about much more delicate features. And whereas like Jackie Chan has this, has very blunt features. And he's Jackie Chan is always like, 
he's very like making fun of himself in this book and is always like being like i get it like i'm an oaf yeah and just like i'm always like eating food oh. so fast and just like he tells this like you know story about going on a date with this woman and she like she's like this famous taiwanese singer and she brings him to this french restaurant and they go to this private dining room and he like eats so fast he's so fast like, and he's ordering beer and she's like <laughs> sniffing wine and being so like mm, notes of leather and burgundy <laughs> and he's just like what's your problem as he's just like <laughs> shoveling and then he looks back and he's like wow that was like so dumb of me and like so oafish but i and think it's yet, like that he also like ends up marrying this woman who like is not judgmental and like does know about wine but isn't like correcting him when he like mispronounces a wine which is why he loves her so much right my knowledge of kung fu movies i would say is bruce lee and jackie chan movies so i don't know right. if there was like such a comedic person before but i feel like he really like kind of invented the comedic he invented being funny because bruce like, lee was comedic action yes. yes exactly which is like such a like huge genre now and like i think also like bruce was and they tried to write build him in the in the mold of bruce lee at, at the beginning of right. his career they were like you have to be the new bruce lee you have to be super serious leading man and he like couldn't do it and like the movies failed and you know his thesis in the book is basically you have to be true to yourself like i whenever i tried to do a movie that was like serious like it was a box office bomb but when i was able to like write direct stud coordinate like stunt <laughs> yeah. fight the whole movie and it was like a kooky comedy that was an action comedy where i did all my own stunts the movie succeeded because that's the jackie chan way i thought there was gonna be like a lot about the rush hour movies yeah let's and, talk about how those are literally not mentioned and he literally says and you know, he talks about the drunken master all the time and then or Shanghai Moon with Owen Wilson. And Shanghai then he, noon. Sh Shanghai Noon, sorry. <laughs> Island time. <laughs> yeah. Moon, noon. Um, and he goes, Rush Hour 1, Rush Hour 2, which were amazing movies. Not my favorite genre. Yeah. That was insane. He says, not my favorite genre, where it's like, well, you're in a lot of like buddy action movies. I think that, obviously, I think that he hates Chris Tucker. Like, that's the only thing that I can yeah. really understand from this because it's like, and then the only story he told about Rush Hour was, like, that new actress who he was, like, really helping, like, oh, like and, like, giving yeah. her extra time to do extra takes and, like, was, you know, really wanted to make her feel welcome because she was, like, young and inexperienced or whatever. But, like, it's weird because he, those movies are, like, his most famous movies. Like... And I, in the beginning of the book, there's not blurbs about the book, just blurbs about Jackie Chan and... One, there's a quote from Kenny G. Jackie Chan is my favorite person to duet with. But then there's a quote. They include the Chris Tucker quote. I was always a big fan of Jackie and working with him was like a dream come true. His innovative creative ability was unmatched. I wonder Which if sounds, he felt... I mean, that's such a massaged statement, though. Upstaged by Chris Tucker. I mean, what's interesting, though, because I was like, oh, well, maybe he felt that the movie is like offensive culturally. Um, and like, Right, because I did watch it. The, I watched Rush Hour 2 recently, and definitely there's some things in there that, you know... Oh, honey, these days, they never fly. Well, <laughs> not today! But I, it's like, but Shanghai Noon is also such an East meets, meets West, like... Right, like Gong. That's like, I feel like, like that's kind of the same concept, and he clearly, like, likes that movie because he talks about it in the book and is like... And Owen Wilson's quote says, working with Jackie Chan is maybe the most fun I've ever had working on movies. That's why I wonder if Chris Tucker razzed him a little more. Maybe Owen Wilson was like, 
you're so amazing. Well, like, okay, I and this you is so the much. thing where I do want to like have this conversation about whether or not Jackie can- Chan is toxic because he <gasps> seems like this really nice, sweet guy, and yet. And like the entire part, book the entire, is about him being toxic. Yeah. <laughs> the entire <laughs> book is about him being toxic. So, like, let's list the things. First of all, he's like, well, I need everyone to call me master and respect their elders. And, like, yes, that's Chinese culture. And, yes, that's kung fu culture. But it's a little bit just, like, but then you're also saying that you're so, like, creating, like, you know, a new world where everyone is, like, so nice and polite to each other. And you're, like, pissed when anyone doesn't bow to you on a movie set. Two let's say when he was like getting really rich um, and he, he tells these stories and he goes, and I was a total jerk. He says, I would just drunk drive for fun. I would get a Mercedes, crash it in the morning, get and a Porsche, crash it in the, it evening. In the evening. Then, I was like, dope question. Mark? I was like, like, yeah, like, okay, you're badass, but like insane. He would go to a restaurant with like all 11 of his stunt men after buying them all like $17,000 watches. And then go to a restaurant and he was just like, I don't like fish. So no one's no ordering one fish. fish. And no one ordered fish for years until like. Until his wife. His future wife, Joe Came in. Joan, J- Joan came in. Um, and everyone was like whispering, was like, don't eat, don't order fish, don't order fish, don't order fish. She ordered fish. And then he saw all of his stuntmen eating fish because it was the first time they had fish in like 11 and they, years. And, and he they was were like, like oh, they, they were really ravenously eating this fish. And he was like, wait a minute. Oh, maybe I should just let them eat fish. Like, I don't have to eat it crazy. Also, another toxic well, let's talk trait. About the shirt. The shirt store thing. Oh, when he, when he like, abused that sales girl. I mean, that was funny. Okay. So he goes, to, right before he, like, gets a big movie contract, he goes to the store. And he's trying on shirts with his, like, director or something. and Or like, he wants to try on a shirt. And she just goes, you don't even have the money. I'm not going to let you try on this shirt. <laughs> and then he's, like, and then he gets really famous Goes and, back, unwraps, because it's all these, like, button-downs that are wrapped in the plastic with the pins, tries on every shirt, leaves them in a pile, takes out all the pins, and then requests that they all be wrapped again, delivered to his house. And then he's like, and then the shirts came, and I threw them in a corner, and I never wore them. And I got my revenge on that sales <laughs> girl. My bitch. <laughs> well, and it, you know, and I love, it just kind of made me think, like, are there any service workers who against whom you might want to take revenge? Yeah, I was wondering that, too. <laughs> um, I mean, definitely as a youth, I was really into ageism as an activism. <laughs> <laughs> And I once like went into like such a Lily store that was like records or whatever. And this guy was kind of following me around. And I was like, wrote in my diary and I was like, ageism is so fucked up. Like, just because I'm 12 doesn't mean I'm going to steal a sublime record. And yet you were. But yet I was always stealing stealing so many CDs. So like, (laughs) you shouldn't trust the youth. And I should have been like lashed and like sent to Kung Fu Master School, Um, which also I should reveal to everyone that I am a purple belt. You're a purple belt in karate. Specifically Shotokan. Oh. Um, Yep. And who is your master, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> Tom. Snape <laughs> was Tom. So Boston, just like my master was just like a five seven straight guy, huge mustache, kind of like permed a little bit brown hair. Sure. And I thought he was total nineties so figure. Very, totally nineties. The um my studio was above a Kawasaki dealership. Like and the scent of the motorcycles as you'd walk the wow, stairs. Hot. And you were just like bowing to Master Tom. And I was like bowing to Master Tom. I got to the level where you get to pick 
uh, weapon, nunchucks or the stick, which is called a con, I think. That is insane. <laughs> yeah. And so I chose nunchucks. Um, they were giving and nunchucks? How old are you in this? Eight, nine. But they were foam. I didn't get like wooden nunchucks. Right. They give you foam practice okay. nunchucks. Okay. Yeah, but I, you know, was pretty good at the the moves. I could do, you know, the wrist action, um, the classic, and then you'd, like, slap it above your shoulder, like, slap it down, like, whip it left, back, forth. Um, so I got pretty good at that, and then something happened. We're mm-hmm. around 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do karate anymore, but yeah. also felt like really guilty. And my master, I remember he called me Tom and he was like convincing me to come back. And I came back for like a few more sessions. And I mean, I was doing this probably three, four years every Saturday and I stopped and I felt so guilty for like letting him down. Wow. And, I f- and I feel like I was letting myself down. Wow. And today you could be a Kung Fu master. I truly regret not continuing my practice because not only does it work the physical body, but it teaches you mental calmness, respect and integrity. Yes. And respect for your elders. I wonder what it was that came over you at age 10. Was it perhaps, mayhaps perchance, <laughs> a desire for pussy? <laughs> Sorry, I'm too distracted by my desire for pussy that I can't go to this <laughs> Kawasaki dealership anymore. Well, but yeah. you know, it's interesting that you picked the nunchuck, the phallus. Mm. Wouldn't you say the stick is even more of a phallus? Oh, that was the other option? Yeah, the huge stick. Right, and you perhaps chose the double nunchuck. Oh, yeah, which is a little more double dildo. Double-headed dildo. Yeah. (laughs) Celebrity Book Club. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. <laughs> there are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club 
ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. Can we talk about how everyone in this book is dying of allergic reactions? And what's going on with that? So Bruce Lee dies of an allergic reaction, which I did not know. Jackie Chan has this girlfriend. Teresa Tang. Right. And they date. She's the one who takes him to the French restaurant. The French restaurant. And she dies of an allergic reaction. At 42. And this, and is, this is goes back to his toxic stuff yes. where he's really like regretting how much like he's like, no, and I tried so hard to reconnect with her. But it's always like I tried really hard, a.k.a. like I called her once and then she called me back and then I forgot to call her back. Yeah, that was literally they played phone tag once. And he was just like, anyway, then she died randomly of allergies. Isn't that sad? But I'm obsessed with charity. I have to go. And then it's like, <laughs> and then Chang, his other, his like long-term, his very first girlfriend that he has for like years who supports him. And he's always just like going out. When he goes out with all his boys and they're like going to so many horror houses and just like drinking and like he's kind of making money and he's not buying them like $30,000 watches, but he's definitely buying them just like $500 watches. And he would come home and see the light on in their apartment and literally turn around and go back out because he was like, I don't want to see my annoying girlfriend at home. And he was like, oh, lights out so I can hang more. Toxic. Other kind of huge toxic stuff is this book is an apology to his son and wife a little bit, but also not really. For like never being home and like always working and then... And he's always being like, I I think actually the reason my marriage is still intact is because I was never at home, which I do see his point. Like, in sure. a way, they're not sick of each other. Yeah. And, like, now he's, like, chilled out a bit. Yeah. And then, like, 30 years from now, like, you still have stories to tell. And you're not just like, so you literally know everything about me. But his behavior <laughs> during her pregnancy was shocking Crazy. to me. Sends her to America and then literally just never sees her once the entire time. And she's she was just like, like, I was so excited she was pregnant, so I left America. <laughs> and she was just like in LA randomly, like sitting there waiting while he's like shooting 30 other movies simultaneously in Hong Kong. And then like he came back like on the night of the birth. And goes to the hospital. And then and then, and then he when he gets tired. He gets tired. He, he, he leaves. He leaves. He doesn't like sleep in the chair. It's like at least do the performance of just like of being like, oh, snooze, bad coffee. Bad hospital. Co- hospital. <laughs> I'm falling asleep in the waiting room chair. No, he literally like goes home to like his hotel or maybe his house that he owned in LA. Sends one of his stuntmen. And then they call Oh, and then he just goes home and starts like researching names. Yeah. That's and then, and then names his son his own initials, JC. And he's like, oh, and I finally figured out the best thing to name my son. Like, my initials. He, he, right, he goes through all these choices. It's very how George Foreman's, all of his kids are named George. And, like, part of it was he'd be like, oh, I want something that's, like, also, like, works in America and like maybe don't want to give him like an anglicized name and a Chinese name and like could we just like have one but then like should it be this and like oh I'll make up this and it's not JC the letters it's J-A-Y-C-E-E and then he tells a lot of 
random stories about how he threw his son as a two-year-old, but he landed on a couch. Yeah, I mean, he is like a professional stuntist, so like I, I, I trust that, that he could throw his son and know that he's going to land like exactly on the cushions in a certain way. Such an epic part is like as a teen, he discovers this box where his son has a rope that he uses to like scale outside of their mansion to like go out at night, and he goes to his st- instead of being like mad that he goes sneaks out at night he's like i need to make sure this is a safe like stuntman rope and then he goes to his stunt team and they're like oh he actually asked us for this rope and like we set your son up with this like dope rig and he was like and i actually even replaced one of the buckles and hoops (laughs) so like it would be even more of a safe getaway and it's like that's dope and that is like no that's cool and that's the cool thing about having jackie chan as a father is that you can sneak out of the house with just like a regulation climbing rope supplied by his stunt department i want to read a passage um from this book And just kind of about how, like, this, I think, is note to, you know, kind of his funny side. And also, I would say, you know, a lot of celebrities don't share info like this. I wouldn't say it's such, you know, oh, I slept with this person, I slept with that person. Um, So he's on set in Africa. (gasps) Wait, I was literally going to share this passage. Wait, no, because I was like, no one ever says this. No one ever talks about it. Okay, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. If I needed a toilet at night, I'd go to a grassy patch by the village carrying a flashlight with bodyguards holding rifles in front and behind me. No joke, we were scared I'd get attacked by a leopard. Remember my bad history with them? It's a whole other story about leopards. (laughs) (laughs) When we got to the spot, the bodyguards gave me a rifle and showed me how to hold the flashlight so the area around me would stay illuminated. Then they waded to one side. As I took my dump... I wrote down in my notes here, I just have... As I took so I my, took dump. my dump. dump. And I was just like, thank you, Jackie Chan, for actually saying take a dump. Because take a, dump. a no one talks about taking a dump. B, when they do, they're just like, as I pooed, or as I pooed. Well, yeah, like as my we least... just read in Natalie Portman's Nat- like carrot poo. It's oh, like God. And I want to say, yeah, this a lot of people I feel like think we're anti talking about shit. That's not No, 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 no. The, we're we're actually, anti the P word. We're anti the P word. I love talking about taking shits and taking dumps. Hell yes. Potty humor is huge Man, for me as a comedian. Yeah, potty humor. <laughs> As I took my dump, I saw something swaying around in front of me. Getting scared, I yelled. What's that? It's just a cow, they said. It was the worst shit I've ever had in my life. I had a heavy rifle in one hand and was terrified it would accidentally go off. In my other hand, a flashlight. I didn't dare squat fully in case some scorpion or bug attacked me. So I stood in a half crouch. Then I had to grip the bulky, weighty flashlight in my teeth and to use the toilet paper while being stared at by a cow. By the time I was done, my legs were numb. My arms and shoulders ate to my jaw was throbbing the cow was probably traumatized too <laughs> Fun. Can you imagine yeah he holding a trying to take a shit while holding a rifle while like possibly being attacked by a leopard yeah i mean how do you relax shit. the muscles how, enough how do you shit in that concept how <laughs> does she shit? shit how does she shit um no he see he's down to earth he's a fun guy you know, and he can laugh at himself. But there is a sadness there, I think, of never being the leading man a little bit and like always having been the class clown. Yes. I think, you know, all comedians have this sadness. And I think that in many ways he is a comedian at heart. Like he and he says later on, he's like, and you know, the one thing I've never done is I've never really played the leading man. And I never will. Yeah. Although he said, I've never been flanked by babes. Yeah. All I will say, so he his career, like 
in recent years does that thing that a lot of comedians do like when they're in their 50s like then they do like a serious role and like he has some movies that like no one has seen that i was looking at called what there's something called like the foreigner and it's very like just trying to be taken so like it still is an action movie um but it's like about like a solo man like taking revenge but it's very like dark and ominous and it's not being like comedic action at all and then there's this kind of like sad part where so he does the karate kid with Jaden Smith and like is really flattered by Will Smith asking uh, him and to do it and did train you see Jaden. In the photos, in the photo section where he's like, and of I them- I taught Jaden to conserve water. And it's him like pouring out a water bottle into plants. Bottled water on a studio on clearly like on the lot. Yeah. And this like fake plants. photo op to be like, use the rest of your free Dasani. Dasani to water this like flower box <laughs> so he also like, runs into will smith lesson. at nobu fish question mark yeah i feel Do like you think he's also getting just like a botarga pasta and we'll get into this i guess and how she eat but he could be not getting i think that he's probably nobu. moved on from his fish hate is my like suspicion because he moves on for a lot of stuff right he said he never cut his hair and then he does after his godfather dies he said he never he doesn't a, like wine now he then he collects then, be, then becomes a winist like he he does a lot of like growth 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 but also like a lot of like becoming super rich and just being like well now, now I, I collect wine now i collect wine <laughs> yeah. and i like everything so and then he says this thing after karate kid and he's like and then i'm on like some private plane with will smith and he's describing this movie that sounds so whatever called the greatest gift and he was like and i want him to be it and he goes the movie isn't made yet but like i trust will smith in my life will smith is a man of his word and i'm like i looked it up but the greatest gift has not been made so maybe will smith is not a man of his word but another interesting thing that said that i think also probably like could be also part of kind of like jackie chan's like just not insecurities specifically but he notes how i think like in the way he is still this class clown in hollywood and so many people come up to him and say i want to work with you and he's kind of like okay sure everyone says like oh you're jackie chan like i want to work with you but he's kind of like "Mm, but do you yeah it doesn't always happen yeah people think he's so fun and sweet and does all his own stunts but they're just like well i'm not gonna make this silly movie that won't be taken seriously and that costs a lot of lot of money um i want to briefly discuss his relationship to the chinese communist party and him him, sort of jackie chan as a arm of state propaganda because i do feel that ultimately he is that and that's fine um but it's like because like you know how he like he starts doing the panda thing. He starts doing this thing where he carries around stuffed pandas to raise awareness for to raise awareness for pandas, pandas. But it's like pandas are famously sort of like this like uh, symbol of, of China of China, and that like the Chinese government like uses to just like get people to love China. It's like pro China propaganda. And pandas are possibly one of the cutest, cutest animals. Things. And so, and they look like us, you know. And so, so there's there's a narcissism. There's the human narcissism in there as well. But I and and to him being like you know very pro China, it's like there's that whole thing with the Singapore thing where he's like, but this is also him being toxic where he's like, I need to buy the thing where he buys a house in Singapore. He buys 
a series a series like a of little random where he just starts like buying like broken down 1800s era buildings yeah. in china in and china singapore and, and singapore and he's like and i wanted to move the buildings to hong kong and build like a jackie chan memorial park but there wasn't <laughs> enough room in hong kong so actually it's actually fine and i am building this like huge cross-cultural beautiful museum in my honor and name in singapore and like the Institute of Design and Culture, and everyone is kind of like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? You don't- <laughs> What's up there?" And he's kind it's- of saying like, "It's about preserving history, but it's also architecture, but it's also about just like different cultures meeting and just like." Clearly, it's also about like he feels crazy if he's not working and like he can't do as many like it's finding new projects and he doesn't like being his home like with Joe and all day just like playing cars or whatever. But I think um, it's also, it's just, like, him being, like... It's, we need to preserve China. We need to preserve China, but also we need to pre- preserve the name Jackie Chan, and it needs to be... Like, the part was, like, there isn't a single building in Hong Kong that has my name on it. A couple other things that are toxic when he buys $600,000 worth of flashlights. <laughs> 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 when I was filming Mr. Nice Guy, my son, team and I went shopping in Australia. We passed by a watch boutique, and as soon as the Chinese salesman who was standing in the doorway caught sight of me, he started hollering, Hey, Jackie, Jackie, come in and have a look. I said, I'm not going to buy anything. He said, that's fine. Just have a look. He was so enthusiastic. I thought, <laughs> might as well just look. He offered me tea or coffee with such warmth. I felt obliged to give him a few minutes. 30 minutes later, my final bill came up to $580,000. Every member of the stunt team got a $20,000 watch. I was with only three of them. And I thought it would be enough to get, just get those guys' watches. But they asked, what about the others? What could I do? I bought watches for everyone. <laughs> I will say this book is very drink every time Jackie Chan buys a watch. If I see something you like, I buy in bulk. This is also very like Teresa Caputo. I buy in bulk, okay. While shopping in America, I bought $6,000 worth of flashlights in one go. And everyone looked at me like I was insane. At the time, no one at America had any idea who I was. I'm just like, why? It's like he's almost a prepper. And this is like, again, toxic. Toxic. <laughs> well, he's a prepper because of the poverty he grew up in and more right, of the poverty, poverty his up. parents grew up in. And, but he's also so generous in this way and very, I think, um, he wants to be liked, class clown. Very, yeah. This is a comedian trait that, like, at one point he gets dinner, scammed yeah. into trading Bentleys and someone sells that his Bentley. Part I really just <laughs> could not follow. I was like, girl, I'm lost. Confused math lady meme. And he's like, and then this guy told me that if I like bought the new Bentley and I like drove it to Shanghai and dropped it off, then like it would actually like be a more special edition Bentley. But then he was like, oh, and I can get you a two door Bentley. But then I got a Bentley and they were like, okay, pay up 3.5 million. He's like, but I thought I traded you my Bentley for 2.5. And you're like, girl, maybe this... I mean, I'm I'm glad it was included in the book personally, but it's super random. So he randomly has like 15 albums, <laughs> and he's like a chapter. And he's like, I know I won't be the greatest singer of all time, but like, mm, like I am good. And then he tells this whole story about like his producer like telling him to try harder, and him getting like really angry in the studio. <laughs> Um, the music it's all is, very kind of very, like 80s pop it's very like 80s bank and like the newer stuff is also still being 80s bank <laughs> I was and then some stuff is a little more um, and I think he duetted with Kenny G um, yeah there, I mean there's and if not there's definitely like yeah some classic sort of bank sax Kenny G 
Did you watch any of his films in preparation for this? No, because I've kind of been on vacation, so I haven't really watched much. Oh yeah, just trying to have no screen time. Is there a screen time limit at your lesbian Cherry Grove house? Um, I mean, I but I have watched Rush Hour two recently, and I was discussing Rumble in the Bronx um, with one of my fellow house beings. I I saw Rumble in the Bronx as a kid. I remember. I feel like that was my first introduction to him. And, really fun and flick. being like this is fun and it's and it's the body as comedy that's it he's combining what he's doing is he's combining a much more serious ancient martial arts but then putting in this comedic play that he's making his own twist on and they really push for him to be this you know and this to be this bruce lee and once he hears this is up he's hearing all the sound um editors and they're all just shit talking him, being oh, like, be like, "He's so ugly." Yeah, he's so ugly. Huge face, like he's not Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee just starts like crying in a corner. Jackie Chan and starts like, crying. Yeah, Bruce Jackie Chan does at this point. Uh, no, he's not Bruce Lee, but he's JC. He's JC. He's Jackie Chan, and he's got. I mean, like, there's this one scene where they're like, he's in a piazza, and there, there's like this evil motorcycle gang is like doing all these like insane figure eights, and he's just like. Like, his friend, like, throws him a skateboard that flies off of, like, the tray of a food truck. And then, like, Jackie Chan, like, does a backflip and the skateboard, like, grazes his face. And then, like, land. then he, like, lands perfectly on the skateboard and then, like, keeps going, like, and then does a flying kick off the skateboard. And it's just, like, it's this, and it's, like, all done in, like, one thing pretty much. Like, maybe there's two shots, but it's, like, it's weirdly beautiful. And you're, like, they never do, you know. Why even weirdly? It, it just say it. Sorry. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. It is, life is beautiful. Life it is, is beautiful. beautiful. Celebrity book club. Hey, clubby puppies. Want to get weird with us in the VIP lounge? You're going to hear a creepy, funky little clip of us talking about naughty, naughty little things that we did at restaurants and things we ordered and how much they cost. And I know you want to know how much I paid for a martini, but you won't find out unless you subscribe in the VIP lounge. So listen to the clip and then be like, wait, I do need to hear that. And then go to patreon.com slash cbcthepod and subscribe for $5. You'll be glad you did. I think I finally did watch the movie a few years ago, and I was like, oh, right, this is, like, all about Osama Bin Laden, random. Literally, that's the plot. <laughs> it's really, like, too topical and, like, old, and you're kind of just like, this doesn't age well. Um, yeah, it, it is very weird, because you're like, it's... It's like, I just like to say, I know it wasn't you, you know? <laughs> it's like, I know, <laughs> I know you weren't there. Subscribe on patreon.com slash cbcthepod to get more content like that every single week for only $5 a month. Segment, segment fight two, fight two. Enter, enter the podcast. the podcast what does she eat what does she wear how does she how live? does she live what does he eat fish question mark <laughs> fish question mark no fast food he says it one when his doctor's like damn what have you been eating and he's like red bean soup and green bean soup yeah i mean now he's being more like i took care of my body because he grew up being like i eat everything and that's my thing is constantly and i eating. eat like so fast but he's also like Obviously getting like there's he tells the story about like getting soup dumplings and then they're cold and then he has like again like so toxic his like stunt man like chase after the delivery man and scream get more at soup dumplings. I'm like, you fucking psycho. Like I think that yeah, he's just eating healthily now, but there probably still are I think it's also just like steak and green beans and like 
less salty things, uh, but it's just like rich. I like. Do, I feel like his wife is so like. I feel like someone was like, "How do you look so good?" I feel like she's preparing such like a light vegetable Chinese meal. Yeah, I think he's having a light vegetable Chinese meal. I mean, all the green and red bean soup. I think it's like, yeah, it's a little bit more like eat to survive now versus when he was younger, which was eat everything in sight. And probably going to like these like insane steak dinners with like his team of twenty men, and he's buying yeah. everyone like caviar. But he does drink wine now, as we know, and he loves Australian red. And he's like this big supporter of the Australian, of the Australian wine industry because of the, the parent, his connection with his parents, like living there and everything. Obsessed with that chapter title was just called Vintage Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets Stel- Sly Stallone into Australian wines. Yeah, and every- and like I-, I love the idea of like Sly being like. What they got? Uh, uh, what year is this? What, I'm what, drinking a 1982 to cab. What, to cab uh, they got wine in Australia? I don't think so. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, what? You think movie stars hang out and talk about movies? How boring is that? We talk about wine and cigars. cigars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what does she wear? I mean, he's so fab. He talks about how this is also very him promoting China. And he's like, I was actually really into women's traditional women's. Chinese women's. So he's wearing this like high collared chi pao, like <laughs> in like pink silk fabrics with like so much embroidery and being like, yeah, like, I wanted to show off Chinese culture, and, like, also I look good, and I'm showing off my arms. And, like, when he goes to the, like, that hotel wearing a vest, and they're like, sorry, you need a shirt, sir. And he's like, bring me a shirt. Bring it. Oh, yeah, because his style at one point is just vest and, like, tons of gold chains. And then he does this trick, and he goes, and then the next day, I go to the same place wearing shorts and a jacket. It's so you. And he's so like, me. and they're like, sir, you can't wear shorts. And he's like... Okay, bring me pants, bitch. I need to say that the next time I'm told I can't wear my formal shorts. I do feel like his style now is a little bit more, like, kind of classic normcore, which also got me thinking how, like, I do feel like old Chinese person style is the most, like, now imitated style, I feel like in like yes, indie like, world hello noah j crew wide well, pants well, wide, and, and, and also just like and like you know like trainers and like an old golf polo like tucked in and then like you think about like you know balenciaga doing that like the plastic like chinatown bag for like three thousand dollars and just like you right. know diet Prada, like making a million posts about it like i feel like he now has like super cool like normcore style of just wearing like straight leg jeans and just like a weird t-shirt and trainers definitely cut to me like at that deli the other day buying that like all this guy's like old chinese grandfather's clothes how does he live i mean i do feel like he is a little bit the trump of hong kong and like there's so much always collecting so many chests (laughs) he's collecting so many chests he has that cabinet that he won't let his son touch that he's like filling with like so many expensive tchotchkes at one time at one point his son cries because he accidentally broke a glass parrot statue so, like, you know it's insane in there. It kind of sounds like my parents' house a little no, bit. No, I know. I'm like, the amount of, like, glass turtles and glass parrots, and then, like, right, turtles are being broken, but then he's so mad, he's memorized also each turtles, but obviously forgetting about them. And then, like, at one point, he buys, like, at auction, like, this desk for a million dollars and, like, has his assistant set it up. And he's like, but you're a woman. How could you set it up? And it's so, like, meme about ordering something from Amazon where it's, like, a children's <laughs> desk. And he's like, okay. 
okay. And then he also accidentally buys this crazy horse painting at auction because oh, he's because distracted. He like, because he like waves hello to someone and they're just like, and thank you to Jackie Chan for $500,000. And then he's like, what? <laughs> But then he was like, yeah, and my son told me, don't leave me anything. Just leave me the painting because it's worth that much money. And it sounds like such a crazy, cheesy horse painting. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way about that painting my parents have of like three art students. The students. No, just give me that. That painting is so cool. Yeah, that's all I care about. Who are you in the book? Am I the gay flight attendant who tries (sighs) to fuck him? and was like oh i was getting like major vibes can i have a kiss and he's like he was like i started to feel suspicious once he started squeezing my muscles <laughs> then he asked me for a kiss and i said no thank you this is no, gone too thank far thank you and um he left i guess yes but i don't know if you would actually do that um go to jackie chan's they can get a vibe no you would if I got a vibe from a passenger on my your flight, like my on my Hong Kong to Sydney flight, and oh no, it was Hong. I guess oh no, he gave was... him his number, so it's like there. I feel like there were vibes. Yeah, I mean, like I might give my. I don't know. I'm a little bit more. I'm the kind of girl who gets numbers. I don't. That's really what give I'm saying. My You're number a little out more like at the hotel room, yeah. texting a flight attendant. You're not really the flight attendant. I'm like getting a number from text from a flight attendant, and being like, oh, should I text him? I don't know. This guy's like so random and basic, but like this is funny. We do have this insane layover in Kuala Lumpur, and like maybe I will. And you're like, say us to the dress. You know what? I've always wanted to hook up with the flight attendant, but I don't think you're like making that move to like. I actually did identify with Jackie Chan on that trip because he was so confused and like was having the most like insane international trip to get to Canberra or as you called it earlier, Cranberra. (laughs) But like, (laughs) uh, but then he like weirdly just like follow. He's like, and then there was this fat guy getting his luggage and I just like followed him and randomly got on a plane and it took me to Canberra. Which is very your luck. Like, I feel like the way you travel is you're like, well, I lost my phone in a field, but like, I did make it to like a remote village in Ibiza. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, how? Yeah. So I identify with that journey specifically. Um, But not so much as toxic spending habits. Although I do, you know, I would, if I could afford it, I would obviously love to take everyone to dinner all the time. And I also thought, I think you're Jackie Chan in this way where it's like you are having a lot of fun and joking around, but like you're also a perfectionist. And at the end of the day, like this is a business and like you're taking everyone out to Nobu, but then like laughing, but then you're also like, we need to change this fight scene. Yeah. And we did. And I related with Jackie Chan definitely a lot, like in certain ways. Like I love collecting and I love hanging out with my 11 boys and like going to karaoke clubs and like collecting like sunglasses. Um, and just being kind of like a general class clown and being like, Oh, guess I'll never be the leading man. <laughs> yeah. No, I did feel like that thing of just being like, Oh, like he eats everything inside and like it's all, you know, I feel like we were and talking about him yeah. eating so fast. I really connected with. But see, then I also kind of identify in this way that I didn't like with the Taiwanese singer, Teresa Tang, because mm. I do feel like I can correct people too much. And like, I was like, wait, am I like that? Am I always like telling people? It's like, did I have to tell you that you mispronounced Canberra and called it Cranberra? It's like, yeah, I mean, One it's also you, like corrected your boyfriend about like f- which fork to use. And I was kind of like, okay, 
simmer. But it's also like, I mean, also I love the idea of Cranberra as this like cran the city of cranberries. Cranberries, I, yeah, it sounded so like crazy Australian village, like well, full of cranberries and koalas. They do have really kooky names down there, also. Cranberra. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say it. I give this book four point seven mm-hmm. stuffed animal pandas out of five pandas yeah I, I don't know i'll give this book three out of five pandas i, I feel like i liked how f- a quick read it was it was definitely packed with a lot of like content and stories um, that's i think what i liked and i liked how sometimes random the stories were and how it was like this is a chapter about pets this is a chapter about me shitting in a village this is a chapter about me being like a toxic boyfriend it was it was not particularly like literary or deep like i i didn't really get emotional ever in it um and the- i guess i cried like i teared up multiple times um during this book when and his mom is like taking his bath water like 60 miles to the across so many ferries like from Kowloon no to i the- was more tearing up at like him being like ashamed of himself and mm. like him being like sad over hearing people talk shit about him mm. um was more my tears Interesting. But we all get emotional over different things, and finally we're disagreeing about, like, the book. I love that. Yeah. I just, I thought it was, you know, it's, he switched it up, and I think, like, the gossip he gave about just, like, Mitsubishi, or, you know, talks about, like, where it's just a list of injuries he got, and it's head to toe. Like, you know, that's just fun. I think it was a fun read, and... Interesting to get inside his head in that way. It's a fun read and it is inspiring. And I think it, you know, it, it, it should encourage us all to um, stay true to yourself and work hard. Fun read. Maybe we'll auction off this book. I would definitely next. recommend like watching some old Jackie Chan flicks or some new Jackie Chan flicks. Yeah. Uh, I want to kind of catch the most recent Karate Kid made in 2010. And I want to do a rewatch of Rumble in the Bronx. They're fun and exciting, and his stunts really are quite unique and impressive. Well, it's been a joy um, recording with you live from my hot Florida condo. Uh, can't wait to cut it up with you in the VIP lounge. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, go over to patreon.com right now and get in Slash there. Slash CBC the pod! And for the rest of you, um, we'll see you next week. See you next week, babes. Bye! Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prologue Projects. The show is produced by Benjamin Frisch, with editorial support from Leon Nafonk, Andrew Parsons, Arlene Revelo, and Madeline Kaplan. Our production manager is Persia Verlin. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CBC The Pod. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review and don't forget to tell your friends, well, about us. And don't forget to go to patreon.com for access to the VIP Lounge, our exclusive bonus podcast.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit MortonBuildings.com to get started today. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.